battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron sword. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode. My guest this week is Charlie Remy LeBeau, my good friend from the UK. Uh, she's actually on the board of directors for the UK APP currently. And in just a few weeks, I'll be uh, meeting up with them in Birmingham, England to uh, teach some, some classes at, uh, at their annual meetup. It's going to be September 17th through 19th at the Radisson Blue in Birmingham. I'm pretty sure spots are still available, so if you're a body piercer in the UK, particularly in the Birmingham area, definitely check it out. It's a it's a great educational conference. Um, I'd say it's one of the the leading ones in the world at this point. They're they're putting a lot of effort into growing their conference, uh, bringing in some talent from overseas, and also developing their own homegrown instructors too. So uh, I see a lot of great things in the future, and uh, I'm really excited that uh, I'll, I'll get to go there again this year. For myself personally, uh, tonight at midnight is when Destiny 2 launches. Well, as I'm recording this, Destiny 2 launches. Uh, So I'm psyched. Uh, Myself, Aaron, and a couple of my tattooers all play Destiny. So we'll we'll all be on there pretty much for the next, I don't know, three years or so until the Destiny 3 comes out, I'd imagine. Aaron was smart enough to ask for Thursday off like weeks ago, thinking like, oh, it was just a Thursday. I'm sure he's got, you know, a doctor's appointment or something, you know, about his, his other job or whatever. So sure, I'll, I'll work for him on Thursday. And I totally did not realize that it's because he just wants to have the whole day off so he can play Destiny and power level his character. So smarter than I am, uh, I should have said no. So I could have stayed home and power leveled my character. Uh, so... Uh, have fun playing Aaron while I'm working for you, you jerk. Next uh, Tuesday, my friend Jesse Villamare, uh, you might remember from a previous episode of the show, is going to be coming down from Canada, and we're going to go see Apocalyptica in Boston. That's going to be a really awesome one. They're doing an anniversary show for their uh, uh, Metallica with four cellos album, or whatever it's called. But Apocalyptica, it's really awesome. They're going to be playing all Metallica songs. Uh, basically like a string quartet, so it's it's going to be super fun. Um, and it's always great hanging out with Jesse. Maybe I can do another interview with him for the podcast. Then the day after that, I am on my way to Iceland to meet up with my other piercer friend. And uh, then a few days after that, I will be at the UK APP conference. I've got my Zoom recorder ready to go. I, I intend on spending a, a lot of my time just doing interviews for the podcast, actually. So um, I'll have quite a few. So if, you, if there's anything that uh, you want to hear on the show... And any particular topics or if there's a particular um, UK body piercer that you'd like me to interview, feel free to shoot me a, an email at piercingwizard at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Piercing Wizard Podcast or Ryan PBA, just my personal page. Uh, but uh, I'm going to need some content. I, I'm probably going to, you know, between uh Jesse visiting me going to Iceland me going to UK APP and then after that going to camp APP and a board meeting for the APP and BMX as an instructor uh, I'm gonna be getting a lot of interviews in so probably a good amount of content for the rest of the year for podcasts maybe 20 or so different interviews so I'm going to need a lot 
of subject material. So if you have any ideas, you know, certain topics, you know, is, is something controversial that you don't hear piercers talking about, but you know, it's part of the industry, you know, like, what do you, what do you want to hear about? Um, sky's the limit, really, you know, I'm fine with pretty much any, any subjects. I'm, I'm not too shy when it comes to just uh, talking shop. So for now, let's uh, head into the interview with Charlie. We're going to have a lot of information about the UK APP, their conference, their website. So stick around for, uh, for the whole interview. And uh, you can always check them out online at ukapp.org.uk. So um, we talked before, maybe, I don't know, at this point, I, th I think it was like close to a year ago before the before the UK APP conference last year. And since then, I've like kind of figured out how to like make an actual podcast with like editing and things like that. So mm -hmm. I, th I thought it would be a good idea to have you back for like the adult version of the show. <laughs> okay. So um, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, let everybody know who you are, where you work, what you do. I'm Charlie LeBeau. I work at Guru Body Piercing in Brighton in the UK. I'm a manager there as well as piercer, and I'm also on the board of the United Kingdom's Association of Professional Piercers as the health officer. So with the with the conference coming up, it, it seems like you've had a, a pretty major growth like year to year to year. Like what, what are some of the, the differences getting ready for this conference versus getting ready for last year's? We've seen uh, quite a big growth from last year especially in our member numbers. Mm -hmm. So this year we've tried to expand it to accommodate a few more people. We've added another day on this year, so it's a three-day event. And we've got a lot more UK-based speakers. Um, we've had a lot of support from various organizations, but being able to bring in more UK piercers. We've got doctors, we've got lecturers coming this year. So we're really trying to introduce as many different aspects of the UK industry as possible. That sounds great. So if you got like doctors and things like that, do they reach out to you or is that someone from the UK APP organization reaching out to them? There's actually um person I'm speaking about in particular works very closely with one of our members and gets pierced regularly by one of our members. So they've got an insight into our industry and it gives us a little bit of an insight into theirs so we can work together to talk about piercing and how it crosses over into interest in the medical field. That's great. Obviously not as a medical practice. Well, yeah. Um, I, I really like it when medical medical staff is uh, kind of like open-minded to body piercing because for a long time, body piercing had a bad rap, you know, maybe justifiably in some cases where, you know, doctors and nurses only see maybe the negative side. You know, people go into a, a doctor's office with an infection or like a poorly done, like homemade piercing, something like that. So... Uh, I, I had a lot of experiences with like dental staff and medical staff where they would just constantly be like, oh, you should take that out before it becomes infected or because, before this and that. And now it's kind of starting to come back around where doctors are, are more open-minded to it and they can see it as like something artistic, something aesthetic, something beautiful. And, and that there is a, a huge difference between, you know, well done and, and poorly done. And, and they want to be part of that, um, you know, movement forward uh, about educating body piercers so that the, the work overall becomes better. I think a lot of it has to do with the progression within our industry across the board because of more people getting involved in organizations that are there for education and safety. The general standard of work and safety has just risen. So a lot of more of the medical practitioners that would have seen some of the well, the worst case scenarios maybe 15, 20 years ago 
are seeing less and less of them come through the door and are starting to view our industry in a, a bit of a different light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely noticing more professional types outside of our industry are are open to our industry now. Um, I actually had to go before the Board of Health for my state recently and uh, just talking to them about like, oh, I'm, I'm a member of the APP. We're an international organization. I'm actually on the board of directors for the, for the organization. And they just kind of had this kind of, you know, sort of verbal moment where they were like, oh, cool. That's, that's great that there's a professional organization that's taking this seriously, that has, you know, a medical liaison and an international and legislative liaison and all these different things. And they kind of saw it as like, okay, this is a group of serious professionals. This isn't a group of just like kids with like a thing through their nose trying to, you know, turn other kids into weirdos. Yeah, it's just becoming a, it's become viewed as a more professional industry now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's great. It's it's awesome to see what your organization has has been able to do in a relatively short amount of time. You know, if you if you compare it to other organizations, you know, you can see stuff like with the APPs first first few years and other organizations that have tried to to get started around the world. And um, it, you know, it's a lot of infighting. It's a lot of uh, you know politics and and things like that. And you know, you guys have really seemed to just had growth. You know, UKAPP and LBP in in Mexico have been really impressive as far as like from the outside looking in at just like the sheer amount of growth and community and and just like the quality of of education that you're you're putting forward. Well, we've had so much benefit from from hindsight and being able to view how other industries have progressed and use those organizations as reference points. We've had international meetings between UKPP, LBP, VALPP, and we've all got together and discussed how we can all help each other. And it's honestly just being able to look back and see, right, where have people gone wrong in the past? We've had help from people that have been involved in a UK organization before that didn't work, and they've been able to step up and explain what didn't work for them at the time so we can work on creating a, an easier path for us to go down. Yeah, I mean, whatever whatever you're doing, I mean, it seems to be to be working pretty well. What are, are there any like roadblocks or like stumbles you can share, or is that just kind of stuff where it's like, well, learning experience, let's kind of move forward. Um, I think the biggest problem we've had is learning how to communicate with with um, suppliers. Mm-hmm. It's quite difficult at times to reach out to people that aren't involved in our industry to see how they can help us and we can help them. It's it's a bit of a slow start, to be honest. Yeah. But we hope that this is just we can build up slowly over time mm-hmm. and eventually get more and more people on board and hopefully promote more UK and European based companies that can supply to the growing market here. So at the minute, trying to get anything from overseas is it's a bit of a problem for a lot of individual pierces because in the UK, it's very much a common place to be one piercer working in a shop or a room. It's not necessarily a big studio or working with other piercers. Yeah, so you don't really have the negotiating power of like huge volume, especially if you're having to deal with importing something. Exactly, yeah. So uh, I know one of the vendors that's um, supporting the UK APP lately is uh, Neil Med Saline. Uh, how did how did that relationship come about? Uh, we've been interested in talking to a few different companies, so we sent out some feelers, and um, they've been speaking to us. A few of us got talking to them at APP conference, and they were actually over in the UK for a medical conference, and 
let us know they were here and would we like to get together and talk. So myself and the vice president of the UKPP, Peter Monckton, went to London and met up with them and talked about, again, how we can help each other. Neil Med have been very supportive of a lot of different organizations throughout the States and throughout Europe, and they offer something a bit different. And obviously, it's a good product. It works well. And we wanted to try and get that again into the UK a bit more and find find a path for it. Yeah, they seem like a really good company to work with. I, I know that obviously it's it's bottom dollar. You know, they see money to be made off of the body piercing industry, but they're not going for it for just the money. It seems like they really do care. You know, they've taken a lot of input from body piercers about their labeling, their packaging, uh, their marketing, all the, all these different things, and you know the application of their product, and, and they seem to really genuinely care about uh, the success of the industry. It's it's great to see that sort of support from a major major company. I've very much got the same impression. They're very personable. They they were interested in products. They were interested in how they could help. They wanted to know what we needed from them and help negotiate so much mm-hmm. because a lot of again a lot of the problems is getting it here, but they've now got distribution near London, which is huge for us, makes it so much easier to get good products quickly. We don't have to wait four weeks for it to be shipped over and get through customs. We can send an email and it's, it's in the UK already. It's brilliant. Yeah, and I would imagine the pricing is a little bit more competitive too if you don't have to deal with the, the value-added tax of importing it also. It's made it a lot easier, yeah. It's still um, competitive amongst other brands, which is good. We want competition. We want choice. But that's one of the big points we wanted to negotiate with them to make it easier for it to be accessed by the UK. And they've been very, very understanding of that problem that we've had in the past. That's great. So are there any other vendors that um, are, are going to be new to uh, to the conference this year? Uh, we've got a few. We've got uh, Mystico coming along, mm-hmm. which is going to be fantastic having some more people in. Uh, we've got Maya who haven't vended in the UK at a conference before, I don't believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've also got Industrial Strength back for a third year in a row, who have been incredibly, incredibly supportive of the UKPP. So Industrial Strength UK coming along in force. And they've also uh, paid for a scholarship place this year. Oh, that's great. Which has been fantastic. Yeah, it, you know, it just... It's, uh, I mean, I'm not the type of person to throw around the term like heartwarming or anything like that, but you know, it, it, it really is, you know, uh, seeing everybody kind of like taking it as this is our team. We all succeed or fail together. You know, it's not just like, I want to be the top dog and everybody else can worry about, worry about it on their own. You know, everybody seems really keen on, you know, bringing everybody up with, with themselves. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's still a bit of competitiveness. There's still... The occasional ego, as everybody has, but it's really come across, especially online, that everyone's just really trying to raise the standard. Whether they're part of the organization, whether they're new to the industry, everybody is really pulling for this to work. And they're excited for what's happening in the UK. And it's fantastic seeing all the different changes that have happened in such a short time. It's It's been, it's been heartwarming. <laughs> Trademark. Um, it's it's really neat because uh, as as a U.S. piercer, I I only had a pretty limited scope of my knowledge of of the the U.K. piercing industry. You know, there were the people that 
showed up to BMX every year. There were the people that showed up to the US APP conference every year. And other than that, I didn't really know a lot of other British piercers. And um, now seeing like the network on Facebook and the network for like the meetups and, and the conference, um, you know, you get to meet all these different people where now I have this knowledge of if somebody asks me a question about like, oh, you know, not just like who is a good piercer in the UK? And I can say, oh, I don't know, go to London or go to here or there. You know, now it's like, you know, oh, OK, you know, um, Scotland, Ireland, you know, Wales, everywhere. It's like, you know, people are popping up and you know, it, it, it's all, it's like this explosion of talent almost. And it's, it's also this explosion of people wanting to meet the other piercers that they maybe haven't talked to yet and, and share information. That's really come across strongly. I think in the meetup group, that's um, one of the things that really kickstarted the UKPP was wanting to communicate better and wanting to work with each other to take on challenges and legislation and have a, a strong voice but we were surprised by how many people were willing to come to meetups at first because there's always been a really secretive edge to the UK industry. I don't know what it's like abroad or in the States, but no one really wanted to share information. Everyone wanted to keep their little corner of the market to themselves. But now we understand that it's becoming an industry where there's enough to go around. So everyone's happy to meet up and we can I recommend so many people that are traveling through my city, which is a huge tourist city, like, where are you going next to? Oh, Spain. Brilliant. I know someone in Barcelona. Or if you're going to Scotland, like you said, there's tons in Scotland and Wales, Devon, Ireland. There's a few members now. It's it's really become a community. It's not just a, a business anymore. Yeah, that you can always kind of tell that that's the linchpin of success or failure for a group. Because you have to have uh, enthusiasm to, to share information. You can't just have people that want to show up and just like take, take, take. You know, you have to have the people that want to show up and, and give and contribute too. So there are, there are all different kinds of meetup groups that are, that are starting in the U.S. now and, and all around the world. And I think a lot of that is seeing the success of the U.K. APP group. So people are saying, even in the States, well, yeah, sure, we can all make it to the, the APP conference once a year, but what are we going to do the rest of the year? You know, um, there's like, there's a Florida group and there's like a, a Bay Area group in California and, and all these, there's a New England group where, where I am. And it's little, it's little satellite pods of, of piercers who, you know, ego aside, they want to just hang out, you know, and they, they realize that, you know, if, if someone in their area is like, quote unquote, better as a piercer or more experienced it's because they they learned things that they might just not have had the opportunity to learn yet so you have to share that information for for everybody to get better and the more good piercers you have the more educated clients you have and it's just going to be driving more and more people into studios so i i totally have seen when piercers are kind of shut off and say like you know oh you know i'm the king of this area um, I don't want to, I don't want to give up anything to you and, and have you steal some of my clients. And those people, those people kind of tend to fail after a few years because they're not growing and they're not expanding their client base. They're just kind of like hoarding this little like fiefdom basically of, of clients. But when you have these like larger groups of people that are just getting together and learning and sharing, you know, everybody gets better. Everybody gets busier. Um, I can see it with a lot of the, the British piercers where, you know, there nobody's losing business to to this shop the next town over because you're sharing information. You know, people are getting better jewelry, and then that's driving clients who want to spend a little bit more into your door, and and, and people are being more successful for it. 
absolutely there's there's a real lack of fear when it comes to sharing the information in the UK group it's really again it's been really motivating seeing how keen everyone is to share and to progress and grow and I think that's that's the reason this has happened when it's happened and how it's happened and why things like the seminars are gaining so much ground and growing at such a pace and why membership's growing at such a pace because we're working within our country and within our community and we understand each other and we can relate a bit better to what each other needs and how our customers are acting. One of our latest members, who's also now an APP member, is working in one of the most underfunded cities in the UK as a whole and has done incredibly well for himself and turned around the industry in his area on his own, even though he's got more shops around him than I think anywhere else in the UK per per person. It's, mm-hmm. it's been inspiring seeing how much people are pushing for better. And I think also for people that were maybe nervous to make the step to better quality jewellery or to put in their prices a bit higher so they can up their safety standards it's given them the confidence that it can be done without failing in business. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, for anyone listening to the podcast, you know, if you're a body piercer, regardless of where you are in the world, try to avoid that mindset of, I, I can't do better because I'm in, you know, X, Y, Z city and people don't have money or this or that. Uh, it's, it's kind of a myth that a lot of people trap themselves with. And, you know, just like you said, you can be in a city where, you know, it's it's maybe a, a lower income area or you have a, a high amount of competition, but if you're offering a quality product and you know how to, to market it and, and put it out there in the world, you're going to get those clients who want high quality coming to you. So, you know, if you want to struggle all day to try to get 25 pounds or $25 per piercing, uh, or you can maybe focus and you can try to, to get, you know, one client for a hundred or something like that. And it's not, it's not a, a profit thing and it's not a greed thing, but you know, if you're, if you're putting quality work out there, people will see those piercings, see that jewelry and say like, Ooh, ah, where'd you go and get that? And then they're going to be your, your client. So, you know, try not to box yourself into a corner by saying, I can't do it because of the area I'm in, uh, look at the success stories of, of all the other people around the world who have done the opposite. You know, they've built the market. They've, they've gotten those clients through their door and it's through hard work and and quality. And, you know, things like the, the UK APP or different meetup groups or different conferences, you know, education is, is kind of the silver bullet when it comes to a lot of those problems. I think also a lot of people don't realize that if you don't offer a better service, then course you're not going to have those people coming for it because it's not there like you said it's creating a market but it's more providing a service for a market that's there Mm -hmm. that just hasn't been offered the product yet exactly yeah one one thing that i see pretty often is when someone is kind of stubborn on on wanting to take the plunge for you know better quality higher hygiene standards uh, better education things like that um as soon as they 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 make that final step towards that uh, it's like a door is open for them. You know, they start getting, you know, clients seeking them out for the, the quality service. Like there, there are people in every city, every state, every region, every country who want good quality jewelry and good quality piercings. It's like anything else in life. You know, there are people who just want 
nice shoes, nice clothes, nice food, nice cars. It's the same thing with body piercing. They're out there, you know, and there there's nobody uh, selling other products that says like, you know, okay, I'm not going to sell uh, the fanciest smartphone that's available. I'm not going to sell the new iPhone because, you know, obviously no one in my area can afford it. So I'm just going to sell old like clamshell flip phones and that's, that's all I'm ever going to be able to do. You have to kind of take that chance and realize that like, well, sometimes people want better and if you can offer them better, they're going to come to you in the long run. And, you know, it, I've seen it happen and I've seen it work and I've, I've done it myself, you know, and, and I, I know it can happen if people take the time and, and effort to, to put their resources in the right place. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be a giant step all in one go. It can be small steps, slowly building everything up. So one of the classes that you and I are going to be talking on at the UKP seminars is transitioning from one style to another and how to do that and make it work for you and for your individual studios. Yeah, I, I, that was that was really difficult uh, for me to transition from going from external thread jewelry to, to internal thread jewelry. So I, I'm really looking forward to that conversation, not necessarily just to share my experience, but to kind of hear what other people are doing, you know, and, and see how they're growing, you know, what resources they have and, and how they're applying them. Um, I, I'm always fascinated to see what people prioritize in their shops, not in any sort of negative way, but it's like, you know, if you want to go from external to internal, you know, what are you doing? Are you doing, uh, you know, titanium internal thread? Are you going to try threadless? Are you going to try gold? Are you going to try this and that? Like what, what works best for each area, you know, because that's how I learn too. And it makes me start to, to think back home. Well, you know, maybe I should be looking into expanding a certain type of jewelry that I hadn't thought about before. And just, you know, kind of keeping the finger on the pulse for, for trends. I, I'm really excited about the, the classes I'll be involved in at, uh, at UKAPP. It's going to be very interesting. We've had a lot of interest in all the classes we've released information for so far, but there's a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say younger necessarily, but pierces that are maybe communicating for the first time in our industry mm -hmm. with each other that are maybe new to seminars and education that I'm really looking forward to hearing perspectives from everybody and learning how they can apply that to their own studios going to be a good learning experience yeah i'm also excited to see that you're kind of um building up like a, a crop of like homegrown talent for instructors also you know most of the classes that are being taught with uh u.s piercers are, are going to have a uk piercer contributing to the class so you can kind of start to build up people that are more of like a authority figure in in the uk itself you know people that can reach out and do seminars or public speaking or things like that i it's a really smart move to build up uh, the strength of your organization rather than just kind of leaning on other organizations to, to send their own instructors. I, I think that's a, a brilliant idea. Uh, it's, as much as we appreciate the, the other organizations and the other instructors coming over to us and we learn a lot, a lot of what the UK pierces need to learn about and want to hear about is going to be things that directly affect us in our areas. And whilst we can learn amazing things about anodizing fabulous but what's legislation like in your council what's what are you going to be doing for aftercare how are you treating your clients it's mm -hmm. going to be focused a lot more on uh, a uk experience yeah in in as such well that's really important to to grow anyway because when i you know i, I teach classes all over the place and whenever i go somewhere i have to teach with the u.s perspective you know so as a good example when i just went to brazil recently 
I know I was teaching a class on you know how to work safe in your piercing room and sterilization room, how to disinfect and and dif- different things, and I could kind of talk about the generalities. But I didn't know the names of the products that were available there. I didn't know the names of the suppliers that you could buy gloves or, or disinfectant or, or tools or needles or jewelry from, you know. So it is really important to have uh, people who know their, their own market and they can say like, oh, yeah, this is the product you want to use and this is where you can get it. You know, it's it's really good to to be able to like equate that to someone like naturally rather than saying like, here's the information and it's up to you to like figure out how to get it in your in your home area yeah, it's just making it a bit more relatable to the uk market um although a lot of our uk speakers are speaking for the first time really publicly so we've got a lot of a uh, lot of anxieties going around at the minute everyone's very excited but you'll have to uh, bear with us a little bit i mean even even like experienced instructors still get those butterflies they might be better at hiding them but, uh, you know, I'm pretty confident that uh, that your UK instructors are going to be awesome. I, I know I've been talking to Lola a little bit. Uh, she's going to be in the uh, the freehand technique and, and tool technique class with me. And we've been talking about, like, making some videos and, and different stuff. And she seems like she's, she's really put a lot of time and effort into it. And I think she's going to do great. So do I. I'm really looking forward to seeing um, Lola's classes and Nicole's as well. Mm-hmm. Our president is going to be speaking a few times. We've got a few more people giving roundtables this year as well, which is going to be um, a, a good chunk of our seminars, open conversation and open dialogue with each other in a smaller group saying, as well as doing the larger classes. Yeah, you had to add uh, a whole new classroom this year too, right? Not just an extra day. We had, we had to add another classroom and an extra day. So we're thinking next year is going to be three classrooms in four days. Wow. That's, I mean, it's, it's really cool to just see the, the growth of it. You know, you should all be really, really proud of it, but also as a community, you know, everybody who attends, you know, it, it wouldn't be possible to have this kind of growth without the people showing up who, who want to take the classes. So while it's amazing that you have the organizers that can put this on and take on the challenge of, of growing, uh, you know, each and every year, it's, it's equally, if not more impressive to see the community that's kind of growing around the organization. And it's, it's just really nice to see everybody coming together and um, see the growth of it. I'm, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen in the next couple of years. So am I. I think everybody is. We definitely didn't expect it to grow at the pace that it has, but it's only going to lead to bigger and better things. So uh, other than the, uh, the transitioning from external to internal class that you mentioned, are you teaching any other classes this year? I'm going to be leading a roundtable again with the uh, vice president, Peter Monkton, mm-hmm. on uh, bedside manners. So How, uh, that's going to be. Are you are you sorry? nervous or do you, are, are you going to have like a presentation or are you going to be more of like a moderator and having people kind of share their stories? I'm probably going to go down the moderator route. I think it's a very personal experience for all pierces, how yeah. you act with a client, how you interact with them and and what you say, how you act mm-hmm. um, in the piercing room, not just out in the front. So it's going to be, I think, we're mostly it's going to be an open conversation about how you handle clients, what you found works, what you found has helped with maybe clients that are a little more anxious and just talk about our personal experiences and get a dialogue going. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and then there's also going to be axe throwing Sunday night. Are you going to be at that? <laughs> I am definitely going to be at axe throwing, but I'm going to go right at the end uh, whilst everyone's backed far into a corner. Right. So you don't accidentally <laughs> lose like a, a limb. 
well you know worse things happen at sea but I don't want to take any chances but it's going to be yeah it's going to be fun yeah and it's nice that we've um we've got a few events going for people in our industry that don't want to hang around the bar that's been a really important point for us this year is to create something for everybody because we've got a lot of sober members in the UK that don't want to hang around a bar full of people drinking so axe throwing is going to be a big highlight for a lot of us yeah I think it's going to be really fun you know at at the APP conference this year you know they they put a lot of emphasis on having you know the the whole alternative to the bar kind of movement Mm -hmm. and um, you know I think that there are some conferences around the world who can kind of get maybe a negative reputation of, oh, well, it's a party with some classes. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think it's really important to kind of establish, especially younger events, to est- establish themselves as like, this is an educational conference. You know, if there's a little bit of like partying and socializing that goes along with that, great. But, you know, we're here to learn. We're here as professionals. Um, and it's just, I think it's going to be really fun to, to do something that doesn't involve you know, having a beer or something like that. Like, I think some of my best experiences going to different conferences around the world are the little social things that you get to do that don't involve just kind of like being fall down drunk, you know, going out to dinner with people and, and chatting with people mm-hmm. and having these great conversations and, and building these friendships. So I, I whoever came up with that idea or, or found out about that idea, I, I think it's going to be great. It's going to be so fun to just like do something goofy like that with a group of people. And it's just going to be really fun. You can thank Nikki at Twit2 in um, Edinburgh for that idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, sure she's uh, been to uh, Canada, I believe, to do it before and suggested it, and everyone jumped on the idea. That sounds great. <laughs> so, uh, what are some of the other classes that are that are going to be offered this year? So, one I'm particularly looking forward to is uh, Myth of the Modern Primitive, which mm-hmm. is being led by uh, Matt Lodder, who teaches in a university in the UK. Uh, went to his talk last year, which was fascinating about the history of Mr. Sebastian and other UK pierces. That was a great one, yeah. Uh, it was fantastic. And some of the uh, the photos that were shown were just incredible. Um, there's also going to be a roundtable called Studio Owners Conversing with Pierces. It's going to be led by somebody that works on their own as well as a studio owner. And that's going to be really important, I think, for people that are working either completely on their own and need to manage their own studio in a sense but also piercers that don't necessarily get full say in what they pierce with jewelry-wise or how they pierce, how how many people they pierce a day, what sort of um, profit margins they'll be able to get out of it. So it's going to be a talk about how to work in whatever situation you are. I think that's going to be really beneficial, particularly in our country, where people do have a huge variety of situations where they're working. Yeah, that that's I'd say that's probably one of the the biggest things that I run into as an obstacle for people is they're not the person spending the money, making the decisions about where the resources go. So I I think that would be great for people because, you know, if if you're a body piercer and, you know, you're dealing with a shop owner or, you know, a tattooer who owns the shop or something, it can be really difficult to, to convince them. You know, you might have an idea in your mind where you're like, this is guaranteed to make money, to be good for the shop, to be good for our clients. But, you know, if you can't explain it, articulate, articulate it to the owner, then, you know, it might not ever happen, you know. So it, it, it can be really beneficial for people to understand how to talk to an owner, how to talk to them about, you know, where they're, where, well, basically where you want to spend their money and showing them, like, what the benefit is. So I, I think that's a great idea for a class. It'll be really interesting to see how other people have managed their situations before. 
I've been in the situation a couple of times and it'll be interesting to see what other people have done and what their take on that is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel very fortunate sometimes when I talk to people about like, you know, that, that same challenge that they have to kind of convince someone to, to get the, the resources that they know they need. And, you know, for me, I, I, I'm the owner, I'm the, the piercer. And, you know, if one of my other piercers brings something to me and they say, oh, I think we should do this for the shop, then it's really easy for me to say like, oh yeah, totally makes sense. You know, I'm a body piercer. I totally get like what the benefit is. Let's just do it. Um, and if the owner isn't a body piercer or, you know, doesn't necessarily like prioritize piercing in their studio, uh, it can be really challenging, you know, to, to make any headway, especially when it comes to large investments like, you know, internal thread jewelry or, or different sterilizers, things like that. Yeah, it's going to be good. And it'll be really insightful, I think, to see how many people want to reinteract with that particular class and get some stories going. Yeah, yeah, it should be pretty good. I know um, Jeff Saunders is really excited to come because he wants to catch the European exclusive Pokemon. Um, <laughs> it's terrible. When we were in Brazil, um, one of the, one of the people that was helping us out was like, oh, you know, make sure you don't take your phone out of your pocket in public. You know, it, it's really common to get, uh, you know, your phone stolen, stuff like that. And everybody was like, oh yeah, fine. Phone in the, the pocket, walk around, you know, just look around and experience the city. And Jeff showed up like a day after we were told that. And the whole time he was just walking around, looking down at his phone because he wanted to catch the like the South American Pokemon and he was so excited when he got one and um, <laughs> now he's like got me back into it which is awful uh, and he wants to like go out Pokemon hunting when we have some off time so that's that's probably his like his key to going and now he's probably going to try to work out some sort of conference in like Japan or Asia so he can catch the exclusive one there uh -huh. too well you never know there's organizations popping up all the time and i was speaking with a couple of uh, japanese piercers at the last app who are really trying to get something going for themselves so who knows japanese pokemon might be on the card yeah yeah keep uh, <laughs> keep jeff saunders on your short list for instructors so he can uh you know catch them all um <laughs> so uh any other any other like interesting tidbits for for the conference anything like any big changes since since last year otherwise like other than classes other than the vendors uh, well we're at the same venue mm -hmm. but they've been very accommodating this year so the vendor space is going to be a lot bigger okay. we've got a few more uk based vendors this year as well which is really exciting to try and encourage more uk growth um but mostly it's just going to be really exciting having having everybody there we're going to have members only classes this year as well because we have enough members to do that now that's great and hopefully it'll encourage more people to get involved after they uh they see how how much we're growing so if uh if people want to get some information about this conference uh what's what's the website they would go to so you want to go to www.ukapp.org.uk you can find all the information on our seminars there along with um the dates of the seminar sunday 17th to tuesday the 19th of september Location's going to be at Birmingham, England, and you can also find all our members there, as well as how to join the UKPP, which is open to piercers outside of the UK, so feel free to join up, and uh, as well as information about our seminars and all our media. Okay, that's great. So uh, I will see you in uh, just a couple of weeks' time, and thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me.
think that the the reason why I enjoy going on so many trips, uh, especially to the UK and Europe, is just because I love everybody's accent so much. They sound so much more like interesting and intelligent when they have like a fancy accent. Uh, I'm gonna hope that when people in the UK and Europe hear me talk, I at least sound some sort of like exotic or you know, some sort of, you know, different and not just like, duh, duh, like we've ruined your version of English kind of thing. Um, so hopefully I sound like, you know, somewhat interesting to people in other countries. I'm sure in the U.S. I just sound like, you know, the, the guy down the street. Um, but it's really fun talking to Charlie. It's going to be really fun seeing all my friends again at UKAPP. Uh, like I said, give me some ideas on subjects and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that we make some cool shows for you. Next week, I will uh, have another show auto-posted. I'm, I'm not going to have any time, obviously, to, to edit or put together the show, so I'm going to spend a little bit of extra time this week making uh, some, some episodes for you so that uh, there won't be a lapse when I, when I leave for, for my trips. So next week will be Kale Belford. Uh, she does a lot of volunteering with the APP right now. Uh, has a really cool jewelry line called Uzu Organic. So, you know, we sat down and, and talked over Skype about... Uh, all the different things that uh, is going on with the APP in, in Kale. So that should be another good one. Tune in next week for that. Uh, the week after that, I'm not really sure what that, that show is going to be yet. I talked to Aaron Pollock, who is the current APP secretary, about maybe recording an episode of the podcast while we're both playing Destiny because we're both super nerds. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, either way, there'll be some shows for you. So uh, tune in and listen to it. And uh, thanks for joining me again. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved. 